MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, March 5th, 2020. Today's Super Tuesday results. We are going to talk a lot about what happened in last night's primaries and the ramifications going forward. Also, Congress strikes an $8.3 billion coronavirus funding deal and some incredible, incredible schadenfreude in the, in the final block. You won't want to miss it. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. You had some admin days. I did. And now some you're back. Um, back to talk about the wonderful Super Tuesday results. <laughs> that I'm sure you're so thrilled about. Yes, thrilled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that one word that can describe everyone at this table's feelings is shocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into this uh, mm-hmm. as we go through because we're going to talk about this for probably most of the show because mm-hmm. I think that everyone's got a lot of uh, things to say. There's a lot of theories. There's a lot of stuff to go over, a lot of numbers, a lot of strategy. If we just had one giant primary where people just voted, we wouldn't have to have an hour-long show on what happened yet last night, but um, but we do. Mm-hmm. And so there's different strategies involved and in how you feel about it, what's going to happen with Warren going forward, what's going to happen with um, Sanders and, and Biden going forward. It's, it's just there's a lot to discuss. So we do have a lot to get into. How are you guys feeling? Meh. Yeah. 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 Like a little deflated. Yeah, definitely bummed that um, young people didn't come out to vote. That Mm -hmm. really sucks. And also frustrated that living in California is like kind of a Bernie bubble. Mm. That's frustrating. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So do you think like maybe that had an impact like you thought maybe nationally there was oh, for sure. a bigger feeling for, yeah, uh, yeah. for that. When or? he came out so strong in the first two primaries, you know, it was like, oh, shit. All right. I wasn't expecting that, honestly. Yeah. No, same. Because mm-hmm. he is, you know, radical as far as the party's concerned. So I was just surprised to be having him do so well in the beginning. And then after the endorsements came out, it was just very clear what was going to happen. It was like, OK, yeah, this is this is probably where it starts to turn. We'll yeah. dive into that. It yeah. <laughs> definitely has taken a very sharp turn. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and b- this is bananas. Like, it's different. It's bigger. It's a bigger comeback than I've ever seen in my whole life. And that includes Bill Clinton, who was dubbed the comeback kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little bit of a, a comeback for Obama, um, but it wasn't anything like Clinton's. And Clinton's was nothing like this. It's just mm-hmm. absolutely astounding. Everyone was just shocked, mm-hmm. honestly. Totally. Uh, and Frank just like, what? And, and so I think there's a lot to unpack. So totally. let's do that. Uh, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So just go over the results here. Just, you know, top end, top line results. Uh, Biden got 10 states. It was nine last night, but he picked up Maine this morning. So he's got Maine, Minnesota, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, Virginia, North Carolina, Massachusetts, and Oklahoma. And then Bernie. Uh, won Utah and Colorado by a pretty significant margin, mm. and of course his home state of Vermont. With and now he retains a comfortable lead in California. I think it's it's a twelve point lead at the last time I looked uh, in California. And neither Warren nor Bloomberg or any other candidate has has gotten to that fifteen percent threshold, yeah. which, which for now would indicate at least the way that it stands at the at this moment. Although over thirty percent of like same day deciders went to 
to to Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the what we've got counted in California is the early vote. Mm-hmm. But if he can maintain that, then he, he and Biden will split uh, the booty, the mm-hmm. California booty. So so there could be um, so there could be more of a boost to Sanders delegate count by the end of today. Yes. But what mm. seemed to be when all is said and done, including California, everyone thought Biden would lose in the delegate count for the day mm-hmm. by about 100. Mm-hmm. And now it's looking like he might come out about ahead 25. So right. so to, to have that 125 delegate after California is counted, mm-hmm. so to have that 125 delegate swing is pretty massive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why everyone's like, uh, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I've never seen anybody go quite so bananas over such a moderate person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, we, and I've been making this, this, observation for years in the primaries it's far left and far right that get all the excitement and get everything going and the reason is is because it's hard to 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 you know rile up a crowd with the you know by saying be reasonable you know and Mm -hmm. so that's sort of why that lies that way and then everybody sort of moves a little bit more middle Mm -hmm. uh in the general and we've actually never seen bernie in a general so i if he gets the nomination i don't know that he would necessarily move middle and so Mm -hmm. it would be a really interesting uh, thing to see how that goes um, now, Bloomberg won American Samoa. <laughs> and I laughed at this, and I don't quite know why, because Tulsi Gabbard, who was supposed to win that, came in second. Hmm. Yeah. And Bloomberg beat her. I saw a tweet from someone which was like, he literally could have purchased the land of American Samoa for less than he spent to get the delegates. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> and the outcome there is that Tulsi Gabbard has picked up one delegate. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that means she gets to be in the next debate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if she will, though. Because uh, didn't she opt out of them before? Like, I... There was one I thought she actually did qualify and she decided. Or no. Or did she just say she was not going to do it before she qualified or before she didn't qualify, I should say. I think she qualified and then she wasn't going to do it. Okay. Either. Yeah. Either way, she seems to not be interested in doing the debate. So I'm curious to see if she'll do well, it. She may now. Yeah. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, everyone's like, oh, there's one woman left. And she was always like, I'm still in the race. And yeah. and, and, I, and mm-hmm. people are sort of like, technically, you know. <laughs> I mean, if she wanted to be on the debate stage, it would be her, Bernie and Biden. And she and Sanders could team and up Warren. to go after. And oh, well, Warren. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, those are the rules, right? I mean, do I a- think she should be in the race? No, but those are the rules. It would be interesting to see her on stage again. That'd be a weird... Mm-hmm. That'd be between a rock and a hard place for Warren. Mm-hmm. And but she is she is the best debater on that. If stage. Warren mm-hmm. doesn't drop out between now and the next debate, I don't know if she will. Yeah, I don't know if she will either. I, and, at this point, and her her campaign put out a statement saying, "Hey, we have a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren is thinking about it." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, of course, there's the obvious endorsement stuff. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about that in the B block. Yep. Uh, and and so all we ask is for you to give her space while she thinks about it. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make her do things or ask her to do things or pressure mm-hmm. her to do things. She's got to think about it. So yeah. that's seems, the recent statement from her campaign. Yeah, I appreciate that statement a lot because I'm there's a lot of sort of uncomfortability for me personally around this concept of campaigns going to other campaigns and asking them to drop out and to support the other person. I don't know. I mean, I imagine that's something that happens all the time, but I don't feel like I remember being so knowledgeable of everything that was happening when it was happening. Well, and there's always so many deals to be made, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, Beto, drop out. We'll put you in here, or you'll, you'll get a cabinet position, or we'll fund your campaign for whatever. 
Uh, and I mean, that has been going on since mm-hmm. the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. And it's not illegal, um, you know, right. and to, you know, for like, what did Buttigieg and Klobuchar get? They they didn't just drop out. There's usually something like, all right, what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. And and I honestly think that there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, why shouldn't I continue? Mm-hmm. Well, what if I promised you this? All right, cool. High five. And then you move forward from there. A yeah. lot of people seem to think it's the DNC orchestrating it. It's it's not. It's the individual candidates' campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm just personally much more comfortable with creating a system in that there's one day of voting for the primary and you get to vote on all the candidates. And I don't know how they would have to change the rules for viability in that instance instead of what we have now, these like marker races that change the game constantly, basically. But I just know that there's a lot of people that feel incredibly disenfranchised right now, voters of Buttigieg's or or Klobuchar's or, you know, we've had so many followers tweeting at us being like, I sent my ballot in and now it doesn't even matter. Like my uh, absentee It does. Ballot. I have the answer to that. Oh, great. In the B block, too. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about delegates, how they're awarded, mm-hmm. what they do now if you've already voted, uh, because they don't just go away. Hmm. Cool. But if you voted, I know. Well, yeah. Okay. I guess I'll wait till we get there. Yeah. We're going to have a whole discussion about it. Okay. Um, so Bloomberg this morning dropped out and endorsed Biden. Um, <laughs> Sorry. What? I mean, it was like a $600 million public masturbation session, essentially. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he dropped out. I don't. If he dropped out, he shouldn't have entered the race to begin with. No. But no matter when he dropped out, we would be laughing. Yeah. Um, Even though, like, it's actually not funny. And there are a lot of uh, early voting. It is funny because it's absurd, but absurd, funny, yeah. funny, funny, peculiar, not funny. haha. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, delegates in California that are going to go to him. And again, we'll talk about what happens to them. Um, but he will give uh, Biden his very sophisticated campaign operation and likely a ton of money for ad buys. Now, Bloomberg's campaign manager, I think his name is Skeevy, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Can you look up Bloomberg campaign manager? Didn't Please we, let it be Skeevy. I think it's Skeevy. It's it's real close to Skeevy. Didn't we have an episode titled named Skeevy Chodes? Yeah, we did. Skeevy Chodes. Nice. And we've referenced that episode a few times. Sheeky. Sheeky. Mm, All right. Kevin Sheeky. Not Skeevy. Kevin. It was the K in Kevin that, that, that got me thinking it was <laughs> Skeevy. So he, he was on um, one of the shows today uh, saying that they've vendorized the Bloomberg campaign instead of creating a pack. And because when you vendorize, you're a business and you can, you know, work directly with campaigns and they can hire you for your services. Hmm. So they mm-hmm. become a vendorized campaign ad uh, generator, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there, And he actually said this. We are running a fully negative campaign. What? Meaning against Trump. It's all attack ads. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. And against Trump or potentially against other candidates. Well, that's what was asked, right? Yeah. And and because we, th- I instantly thought, okay, all negative Trump ads, sweet, I'll take that. Uh, but when asked if he was going to run negative ads against Bernie specifically, mm-hmm. he just said, "All I can say right now is we're running a fully negative campaign." Okay, so then, yes. so you can look for, <laughs> yeah, that's what, to me that's what that means. I yeah. mean, unless for some reason they go home and have discussions and decide not to do that. Yeah, but. So that was an interesting thing to hear. All right. Uh, the delegate count now, uh, as of right now, is which it's changing every second with California. Biden has 513. This is all told. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernie with 461. Warren has 47. Um, I think I saw a different count earlier. Where, where are you looking from? Uh, I was looking from 
NBC delegate okay. count. Like it changes every minute. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I wrote this 26 minutes ago, so mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it's probably different. What do you see? I see Biden with 566 and oh, Bernie with 501. Okay, yeah, went up considerably. And Warren was 61. Yeah, oh, everybody got like 20 delegates. 60, 60, 60, 40, and 20. Yeah. And then Tulsi <laughs> with one. Tulsi. <laughs> the one. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, Mike Bloomberg, Buttigieg, Klobuchar. Yeah, they're all like faded out, obviously, because they dropped out. And then just <laughs> Tulsi illuminated at the bottom with one. <laughs> one. She's got her, she's got her one. Um, now, popular vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden, at the time I checked, 4.8 million about, and Sanders had 3.9 million, difference mm-hmm. of about 888,000. Uh, votes. That's significant. That's including all contests, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, plus mm-hmm. the most current count I have for Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of what's been, that's, those are the results. Those are the numbers for, for what happened last night. Uh, some important things, though, that I noticed right off the bat, as soon as the polls closed in North Carolina, they awarded it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as the polls closed in Alabama, they awarded it to Biden. As soon as the polls closed in Virginia, they awarded it mm-hmm. to Biden, uh, which meant that that those at polls closing results is what they call that mm-hmm. generally means with an, a delegate like a, a small mm-hmm. p- portion of the delegates awarded right off the bat means that it's going to be a significant yeah. uh, win. Totally. And so that's when everyone was like, what, what, hey, mm-hmm. huh? Right off the bat, you're mm-hmm. just calling these for Biden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole sort of the rest of the night just sort of fall, fell that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, uh, gosh, I was watching from 6.30 p.m. to about midnight. It was about midnight on the West Coast when they called Texas. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to go sleep now. Because California and Maine were the only two outstanding, and I wasn't going to wait for for them to mm-hmm. come in. I'm glad I didn't because they both came in. Well, California's not in. Maine came in this morning, and it's still Maine's very close. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was an early indicator, and then they kept talking about the pundits kept talking about this sweep from the from the Atlantic to the Mississippi, which is like four states, <laughs> you know, in a row. Um, I th- I've heard the term Biden blue now because I guess for, for mm-hmm. all the different candidates, they have different colors of blue. Hmm. And it, it always seems like the most moderate candidate, they give the darkest blue color. Interesting. Like Hillary was dark blue and then Obama was dark blue. Bernie's like a light blue. I wonder if that's any sort of mm-hmm. got any sort of psychological mm-hmm. impact. <laughs> like Democrat light or not really. Or, you know, it just seems a little like, why is one blue and the rest are like oh, yeah. vermilion and chartreuse and you know just seems <laughs> odd mm-hmm. is that a real democrat <laughs> <laughs> yes we know because and i mean to be fair bernie's bernie's blue has always sort of been this robin egg yeah totally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now that we're talking about mm-hmm. adorable uh, yes bernie baby bluebird <laughs> oh the bird that was a special God. moment <laughs> that was like that was like the moment of that election man mm-hmm. that was so cool i mean you know outside of the actual election yeah that was so neat. Yeah, magical. Fucking magical. He needs that bird power. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Biden blew, and they talked about the whole South. And, and then, of course, you know, you have the argument that, well, the South, the Democrats aren't going to win the Southern states anyway, mm-hmm. so, like, who cares? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, should we just not have primaries there? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. they matter. Um, but then he started winning 
up north. We started mm. pulling Virginia and Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And Maine and Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. You know? That surprised me. Yeah. Maine surprised me today. I thought for sure he I thought for sure Bernie was gonna get Maine. I think that I think that Biden took Maine and Massachusetts because the progressive vote was split. I think that Elizabeth Warren also has popularity in the Northeast. And I think that if she hadn't have been in the running, um, Bernie would have taken a win in those states. Yeah, which probably explains why Biden called the Warren campaign mm-hmm. and the Klobuchar campaign and said, please don't drop out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Stay in so you yeah. can peel votes off. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, that now, you know, the call for uh, Warren supporters, assuming Warren's going to drop out of this race, I'm, I don't want to put any pressure on her campaign to do anything. But now we have to figure out where her candidates go. Well, mm-hmm. this is just out from the Washington Post about an hour ago. I don't know if you saw this before you wrote, but um, uh, it sounds like potentially she might endorse Bernie. That would be the dream scenario for me personally. Um, and it sounds like that's that is possibly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Bernie picked her as a running mate? Actually, yeah, a lot th- of people are imagining yeah, it. I we've, think we've that like that... vaguely talked about that, but mm-hmm. but if she's going to do that, if that looks like that's going to happen, yeah, that would be fucking rad. That I think that would give Bernie a fucking fighting chance in hell of possibly getting this nomination if he yeah. did, if that happened. Oh, uh, that would be such a beautiful unity I, of the progressives that yeah. we need so I would, badly I would right now. I would love to see Elizabeth Warren. But you would then alienate Bernie. Republicans, independents, and... Yeah, but she's still going to get behind the... Def- uh, whoever voted for Warren that would rather vote for Biden. Yeah, but at the same time... I wonder. The primary is for going, is for supporting the values you believe in most. And so she, it's not like she and Bernie aren't going to get behind Biden in the general. I'm curious to know what Warren voters who would vote for Biden instead of Bernie, if Warren drops out, what they would think about Bernie picking her as a running mate. I'm sorry, repeat that. So just basically the question you were just posing, if there are Warren supporters that are going to switch over to Biden's camp if she drops out and not switching over to Bernie's camp, what would those supporters do if Bernie chose Warren as his running mate? Would they then get behind that Warren Sanders ticket, Sanders Warren ticket, or would they abandon both of them to vote for Biden? Yeah, I don't know. I don't because, think Warren voters are a monolith, you know? Because generally, um, you don't pick the VP until the convention. So right. we wouldn't even know who the VP would be until a, a, a nominee is chosen. But yeah. these are not normal times. No. So I feel, right. like, I, feel like, I feel like that could happen. I feel like both mm-hmm. Biden and Bernie could announce a, a VP pick. Yeah. To your point... Right. Yeah. Honestly, whoever does it first is probably going to have a leg up. And also, Mm -hmm. I I think Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that we have to remember that that voters of any candidate are not all in agreement. So, for example, when Pete dropped out um, and I I I I spent a lot of time on the 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 Sanders for president Reddit um, page. And I was seeing such a mix on Twitter. I was seeing a lot of people who were like, "Okay, I was for Pete. Now I'm for Biden. And on Reddit, I was seeing a lot of people who were like, I was for Pete and now I'm for Bernie. I saw a lot of people who were who were, who were saying, I was a, a Beto O'Rourke campaign staffer and I don't, you know, I'm actually behind Bernie now. And other people saying they were behind Biden. You know, it, it's a mix, right? So I think mm-hmm. some Warren supporters, I've seen on Twitter a lot of Warren supporters saying they're behind Bernie and I've seen a lot of people saying they're behind Biden. I well, don't here, think that Warren supporters are all in agreement of who they're going to back. But, but, right. But, yeah, I was specifically talking about ones that do support Biden. Yeah. But yeah. here's here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. If 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 Bernie is picking a VP, that mm-hmm. means he's won the nomination. Yeah. And Warren supporters, I think, I think if I saw that graphic, if I remember it in my head, are nine times mm-hmm. out of ten going to vote for whoever the pick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't even think it matters really who he picks as his VP. I think he'll get the previous Warren supporters' votes, at least 
a lot of them, although there is a, a, a bit of a hashtag never Bernie thing. Going yeah, I was going to say, I'm seeing a pretty strong presence of Warren supporters on Twitter that are like, nope. And that's the other thing, too, mm-hmm. is for, you know, for Bernie, Bernie supporters to come around and say, why don't you vote for Bernie now? Warren mm-hmm. has no path and be like, you called me a fat whore slut for the last three months and you want me to vote for your fucking candidate. How about you say something nice to me today and then I'll think about it. Like <laughs> it's 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 tough. Yeah. Right. And and again, that's not it, it could go both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same, I, you know, same if, if, if Warren was in, in Bernie's spot and, and everyone was finally like, mm-hmm. hey, why don't you come and vote for Warren? Why don't you like when when Bernie drops out, why don't you vote for Warren? You'd be mm-hmm. like. You guys attacked the fuck out of me online, and now mm-hmm. you want my vote. So that is why I've been screaming for the last four months to fucking be nice to each mm-hmm. other, because you're going to alienate future potential voters, and, yep. and we don't need to do that this year. No, we do not. Um, I do think Bernie, going back to who he's going to pick, you had made a comment about if he picks Warren, and that's potentially going to alienate moderates or people that are even Republicans or independents. And I think... You're definitely right if he picks a progressive running mate. However, I also feel Bernie wouldn't do anything other than pick a progressive running mate just because of his his damn principles, you know? We'll see. Yeah. If you know, if he gets the nominee, we'll or a nomination, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um right mm-hmm. now, uh I don't know what's going to happen because there's been, you know, I mean, obviously there's the Joe momentum and and we'll see <laughs> what happens. And the next four states aren't good Bernie states so mm-hmm. you know he, he'll he be picking up more Joe Mentum as, as we go a little bit longer but there, there is still a long way to go in this thing and you know it's gonna be an ugly fight yeah. and that's what sucks and and I'm gonna say it again because going up to this part of it with Warren and Bernie supporters going at each other's throats yes you can probably say one did more than the other I'm not gonna comment on that right now but because it doesn't matter if you've been attacked, it doesn't matter by who and what candidate you're for. It's that you have been. If if this continues, then we're going to get to a point where there's going to be people who aren't going to vote for the, the the candidate that gets the nomination. We have to stop it because mm-hmm. just just remember in November. No, just remember in, in June, July, when we have this mm-hmm. thing, if you go after Biden supporters or if you go after Bernie supporters and call Mm -hmm. them stupid and young or old and establishment, you're going to have to fucking kiss their ass Mm -hmm. in June to get them back on your fucking train. We know this is comedians. No matter what, you Mm -hmm. be kind to any comedian that you do a show with because that person could be famous one day and might want to bring you on tour. And if you burn that bridge, Mm. fuck you, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind. I honestly, I'm, I'm probably just preaching to the choir. Our, our listeners are, I don't think that those, that ilk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough because I'm very frustrated by a lot of my fellow Bernie supporters for because it's frustrating that we're alienating um, so many Warren um, people because we need Warren people and I wish that. And obviously, you know, I know that Warren people are going to split. Either way, in the remaining states, some are going to go for Biden and some are going to go for Bernie. But Warren and Bernie share more platform, um, share more policy in common than Warren does so with, much with, with Biden. And we are, I was thinking about this, I'm having a lot of climate anxiety right now. Climate change is, is real and it's happening and it's it's accelerating. And Joe Biden um, has a lot of support from fossil fuel companies. One of his campaign advisors is a it was a former fossil fuel person. He has um, compared to Warren and Sanders has a horrible scorecard for the environment. He has trash talked the Green New Deal. 
And um, I just yeah, wish Greenpeace gave him like a D minus yep. or something, right? Yeah, the Sunrise Movement gave him an F. Um, I just, I, it, it's very disappointing to me that a lot of Warren supporters would go for the candidate who has far fewer policy things in common than Bernie does. Um, and it's frustrating to me that so many Bernie supporters are have created this uncomfortable situation. I wish, you know, we, I wish we would have been getting along. I wish up we could rewind point. and be kind. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm, I just, I, it feels, it feels very sad to me mm-hmm. that a lot of Warren people are going to break and vote for Biden instead, simply when we are. I mean, look. I think any Democratic candidate will beat Trump. I mean, we have Bernie and head to, and poll after poll after poll after poll after poll beating Trump. And so this is the primary. And I wish that um, a lot of progressives who are for Warren would would just vote for Bernie instead. It's very sad to me that that's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. I, I personally have to tell you that this wave of voters coming together and all deciding on something, whether I agree with it or not, or mm-hmm. whether it's my number one pick or not. Biden? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really really made me feel good and good. safe and calm. That's good. And also just the coalition building and mm-hmm. that the, all that talk, I feel like, I mean, just numerically, more people came together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some there is some good news here. Like, I'm, it's not all deflation. I, I, oh, the, no, I, I wasn't yeah. insinuating that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you how I feel. Yeah, there is, there's some good news to be had, right? I do think that the voter turnout, and, the, and I'll get to this in a little while. It's part of my good news um, thing at the end. I think the turnout is really encouraging whether or not they voted for the candidate that I prefer. I mean, I think that that bodes well for November, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 300%, turnout. 500%. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's it's awesome. I'm, I just, for me personally, as someone who's who's who wants to see progressive change enacted. I don't think we're going to get that big structural change from Joe Biden. And that makes me sad. Yeah. And and then there's some other things we have to consider, too. Yeah. And I, I have a Twitter thread about that uh, mm-hmm. regarding big structural change versus nice, safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we will get to that right uh, right after this quick break. For ad-free episodes, become a pledged patron. It's as little as three bucks a month by heading to patreon.com slash the daily beans. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. Uh, You all know I have a dog. Her name is Olive, Olive the other reindeer. She has got no chill. She's not chill at all. In fact, I finally caught her sleeping. I've never seen her sleep. She's over two, and I finally saw her with her eyes closed. I was like, what? You're sleeping? And then she was up and jumping on my face. So I really wanted to make sure that I could give her the best healthcare and the best life. And so I use the Embark Breed and Health Test. And the test helps you learn as much as you can about your dog's lineage and their background to make sure you can, you know, provide the best health care for them. Whether you have a new puppy or an old friend, uh, an Embark Breed and Health Test is a key to unlocking your dog's unique breed mix. You can get a little uh, family tree going and uh, genetically informed health needs. That's the important part to me. That way you can help your dog live their healthiest, happiest life. So you get breed traits and you also get genetic risk factors for health conditions. And they provide the resources uh, to help you and your vet best tailor care to your dog's needs. Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of a genetic disease. And the Embark Breed and Health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions. So you have all the information necessary to provide your dog their best life. Uh, So whether your pet is mixed breed or purebred, they are not immune to certain diseases and health issues. But the sooner you know, the sooner you can find help and reduce pain. I love how easy Embark makes the process. I sent a simple cheek swab in and they did the rest. Super simple, very user-friendly. 
Uh, the interface is just great. And the uh, incredible customer service. And Embark is the only dog DNA test that performs research-grade DNA testing. Dung, dung. Uh, this allows our veterinarian research teams to conduct groundbreaking research to extend the lives of all dogs. And every Embark pup brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. So there's an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. Don't laugh at me. All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's talk more about 2020, including Biden's comeback, Warren's way forward, uh, and Sanders' reaction today. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's done a couple things in reaction to what happened to uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to point out that I was looking at an overlay of Biden's map of victories, uh, and it mirrors the map of 2018 that made Pelosi speaker. Hmm. hmm. It's very, very similar, hmm. which means healthcare brought everybody out and we got to get rid of Trump brought everybody out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of the clear message here. Um, and there's a lot of theories on why Biden did so well outside of Joe-mentum. Uh, <laughs> why don't they call it Mojo? <laughs> or simply grabbing more votes, you know. And I wanted to know, uh, because I don't want to belittle the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, almost five million people voted for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, but I, I want you to—I want to know what you you guys think specifically. This theory from Lisa Sharon Harper on Twitter about why Warren didn't do better. And as we all know, and if if you ha- if you don't know this, Warren is who I voted for. Warren mm-hmm. was my candidate. Yeah. Uh, and I am still a Warren Democrat. So mm-hmm. I just want you to blah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what happened last night? She says jo- Joseph R. Biden Jr. won in states where he didn't campaign. He won in states where he didn't have offices. He won in states where he was overwhelmingly outspent. He won in states where rivals had better organization. My first thought was, how can America choose a man who didn't really even campaign and arguably lost every debate, even graded on a curve? My first response was, this shows how profoundly patriarchal we are as a nation, and I still believe this. But I don't think Biden's wave was fundamentally about patriarchy. Leading black women across the U.S. threw their weight behind Elizabeth Warren for president. I was one of them. Yet Biden won overwhelming support from Southern black women who tend to be matriarchal. The Biden wave is less about patriarchy and more a revelation of level of trauma our nation has absorbed. Record numbers of voters turned out from every demographic to vote for Biden. Why? Because our nation is terrified by the possibility of four more years of Trump. In the middle of terror... Dreaming becomes nearly impossible. When terrorized, you literally have one goal, make it stop. In normal times, Warren would have swept the country last night. She is the best candidate. She would make the best president. A little interjection there for her candidate. Uh, But the majority of our nation is more traumatized than we understand, especially our black family in the South. They want only one thing, to make it stop. Super Tuesday clarified the one question facing our nation. What time is it? Is it time for big change or is it time to stabilize and rebuild in the direction of change? Biden's voice is sounding two notes our nation has been starved for, starved of for three years, empathy and character. Biden's victory speech echoed Ronald Reagan's morning in America speech, calling us to believe in itself after terror of after the terror of the Iran hostage crisis. Um, she says, I still want hashtag Elizabeth Warren for president, but to win, Warren must consider how big structural change sounds to traumatized souls. I want it. I believe she could lead us there. But the most critical question isn't, can she do it? It's what time is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can, in, you can you can intercha- mm-hmm. inter- interchange Warren and, and Sanders in that because sure. of, because yeah. of the progressive, progressive big change, yeah, yeah. big ideas, big change. And I, yeah. I, I really was thinking about that. I was like, mm-hmm. is that what brought everybody out? Like. Go and and the exit polls show 
want to go back to times like Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we can't, we cannot understate, you know, the, the trauma that people of color have faced in a way that we haven't in the last four years. And also we can't understand um, all of the voting motivations behind, you know, cause mm-hmm. we're three white ladies. So, um, you know, it's, it's that, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's a good perspective. Yeah, totally. I think that makes a lot of sense, too. And it's also something, though, that people have been kind of saying already over and over again, which is Biden's the safer candidate. That's basically just a very eloquent way of putting that. Yeah. Why is he the safer candidate? Why do people feel like he's a safer candidate? My hope is that everyone is right and that he (laughs) is actually the safer candidate and that we don't have a repeat of 2016. As you know, my Mm -hmm. opinion is that we are living in a very populist era on both sides of the ideological spectrum. And my fear is if we ignore that and continue to ignore that, we're Mm going to keep losing. And that's my fear. I hope she's right. I hope everybody that voted for Biden for that reason is right. I hope that more than anything. Yeah, Yeah. I'm hoping. But I don't know. I'm hoping that how terrible Trump has been in the last four years is enough to make him lose in November. But unfortunately, I think that Joe Biden has too many similar qualities to Hillary Clinton in terms of record and in terms of economic policy that he will she, lose. He is, he is not as hated as she was, though, by the independents and the and the moderate Republicans. She was hated. Yes. And also, she's a woman, which yeah. 100%, I think, is one of the reasons why she and, lost also. And we also now have three years of Trump actually being in office mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. people to be like, ugh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, because what this reminded me of, at least speaking of trauma, was, you know, I, when I was getting out of my abusive relationship, mm-hmm. I just wanted him out of the house. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a new man to move in that was better. Mm-hmm. And so that's like to, to try to make it as mm-hmm. simple as I can in yeah. my head that I can relate to. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really do get that. And then mm-hmm. talking about pendulum swings. Mm-hmm. And here, you're going to not like this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, four years ago, had had the Bernie supporters not sat at home and voted for Hillary, and of course, maybe if Russia hadn't interfered or whatever the reason is that the election, mm-hmm. uh, Trump was able to steal the election, um, had Hillary won, we now could be in a position to go for the bigger dreams. I don't had, think she only lost for those reasons, though. Okay, but the fact remains, had she won, Mm -hmm. we would be in a better position right now in 2020 to go for more progressive stuff, I think. And this is just ideological. I'm not saying this is fact. But because we swung backwards, we have to swing back now. Mm. And you can't, well, you can if you want. (laughs) Um, It's harder, let's just say that, to go from where we are now to where Bernie and Warren want us to be. Yeah. Than it is to you have to crawl before you can walk. I guess is is sort of the thing. Um, again, you don't have to, but mm-hmm. like, hey, you want to stand up, start walking? Fuck yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I that's sort of why, I've, like, that really hit yeah. me. Like, huh, that's really interesting. And 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 to your point, because there is a huge populist movement mm-hmm. or progressive movement, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. in this country, mm-hmm. you cannot leave those folks behind. Right. Yeah. Well, I will maintain that I mean populist more so than progressive because populism extends to trump supporters Mm -hmm. and bernie and warren supporters Mm -hmm. right explains a lot why trump won in 2016 is because of the populist movement right and i think right now outside of the fact that their policies yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and that's a frustrating thing is now this 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 concept of a candidate that is 
for the people and not for corporations has been completely tainted by this fucking farce of a freaking idiot that's come in and tried to say that that's actually what he's about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not what he's oh, yeah. about. There was another guy who ran on populism but ended up being a, a Nazi. Who right. was it? Yeah. <laughs> who was exactly. it? Who's in the top Nazi? <laughs> that one dude. Yep. The one whose he mustache who is in the coronavirus safe zone. <laughs> yes, the toothbrush mustache. God. Bring it back, everyone. It's just a toothbrush mustache. We just did a callback from two episodes yes, ago. Did. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think when we talk about Warren and Bernie's policies being too radical, it's almost like not even about the policies this time around. It's about, for them, are you with the people or are you with the money? It's very basic mm-hmm. in terms of the emotions, I think, mm-hmm. that it stirs up in a voting base. Yeah, It's not are you for Medicare for all right now or are you not? It's no. Are you for accountability or not? Yeah. And and then for a, for a, lo- a giant chunk of voters, are you for the people or are you for the money? There's a third choice. Or are you for not Trump? Right. And that's like what it seems to be boiling down yeah, to. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, and now Warren's campaign is said to be weighing options, right? Mm-hmm. That we have no idea what those options are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I know why, because her decision is complicated by possible endorsement options. And she's going to be ridiculed by one group or another, pretty yeah. much no matter what she does. Yeah, totally. she's in a tough spot. Uh, if she backs Sanders, she'll piss off power players. Mm-hmm. They'll loathe her. If she backs Biden, progressives will write off her probably in her entire life's work. Uh, if she does nothing, she'll be called selfish. Uh, because, you know, I was thinking, well, why, why doesn't she just say, I'm not going to endorse anybody right now, but I'm dropping out. Mm-hmm. People will be like, that's fucking selfish. Mm-hmm. So she is going to take a shitload of ridicule. Now, fortunately, she's a fighter and she's a persister. So mm-hmm. I, I, she'll be okay. But yeah. like, it just sucks that to be in a position knowing that whatever decision you make, that a, an entire swath of people Seriously. are going to write off your entire life. Yep. And knowing it. And that is a, that is one of the things that makes this so fucking misogynistic and disgusting. Yeah, that does suck. Outside of her being a, f- a woman, it's also the plight of being a progressive in this political atmosphere, you know, Beto kind of is experiencing a similar thing. He's moderate on a lot of things. But, for example, his stance on gun control. Yeah, I'm going to take your guns. Fuck yeah, I'm going to take your guns. <laughs> and then Biden right? puts him in charge of guns. Yeah. And then. <laughs> but so Beto takes a position that's like that, which is a pretty radical position as far as the Constitution and its interpretation is concerned. And then. He goes over to Biden and now he's got all these people that are like, fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that are very upset outside of the whole staffer thing saying, you know, whatever their their thoughts were. Like Ryan is from Lubbock, Texas, and all of his family is super liberal Democrats and they were super for him. And now and now it's just kind of like, wait, what? what? Ryan's like, what the hell was that? And that southern Texas belt that Bernie held is is, is that right. Everywhere mm-hmm. else was like. Oh, I, I think mm-hmm. I think that the the Beto endorsement might have helped Biden pull off Texas. Totally. I yeah. think so, too. Yeah, I, think I think that so was too. huge. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, as disappointed and deflated as I am, I understand the motivations behind voting for mm-hmm. Biden. And I don't think he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You I know, agree. I think that I it just for me personally, I don't know if his message is enough to beat trump i think you have to have as bombastic and as grand a plan and a message to beat trump like there, i think it has you to cited be... the poll after poll after poll after poll and so biden has beaten him in poll after mm-hmm. poll after poll after he and has. so is warren he has yeah. but i'm every polling uh, democrat mm-hmm. yes except bloomberg polling yes and that gives me hope and that does give <laughs> me Kelsey. hope i think 
I think we'll get to this in, a, in terms of turnout, but like the turnout in the primary that gives me hope. Yeah, um, that's that was incredible. Yes, the polls that gives me hope. That's why I was like. But mm-hmm. in terms of a depressed voter turnout, um, you know, in terms of getting people to show up and be excited to show up, I mean, is voting against Trump enough? I would hope so. But part of me feels like that, well, that, not everybody's just voting against Trump if they're no, voting mm-hmm. for of Biden. Course I mean, he's Uncle Joe. He's Obama's right hand man. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to go back yes. to tan suit scandal days. And, and again, and mustard, I mean, the thing know? is, too, is like for me, for me, and and again, and the thing is, something like, that can I we should, just have a nap for four years. <laughs> something that I should, that I feel like is important for me to remind people is like my Overton window is a little bit to the left of most Americans having grown up in Canada. Your Overton window? Yeah. So my understanding of left versus right, my mm-hmm. political understanding, my perspective. Um, Overton window means like, you know, where um, a country is in terms of what is considered left, what is considered right. And so America is more of a right wing country than mm-hmm. Canada is. Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. for me, you know, except we have fewer guns <laughs> for me, having had the ability to vote for me- people who have been drastically more progressive than Joe Biden in mm-hmm. my lifetime, it's harder for me to accept him. Successfully so too, right? Like yes. they're elected to office. Yes, correct. Yeah. So it's harder for me to accept someone the Overton like window. Joe oh, Biden. By Joseph Overton. Yeah. Former vice president of the Mackinac Center for, you know, for Public Policy. The spectrum of ideas on public policy and social issues considered acceptable by the general public. Very cool. Yeah. We call that Thank the zeitgeist that here. Okay. Uh, which is a German word. We don't have our own word for it because <laughs> fuck you, world. Yeah. So we, again, we measure it in feet, not yeah. meters. Eat shit. Yes. Yes. It's, you know it's what in I mean? Fahrenheit, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a great Overton window. Yeah. I, I learned something new today. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So it's like, that's the hard part for me to accept as someone who grew up in a country where we had gay marriage in 2004 and we have had healthcare my entire life and there is more progressive climate policy. Yeah. And here we are just trying to get a public right. option and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah, I'm like, yeah. it works, you guys. So mm-hmm. that's the frustrating thing for me is like, again, my perspective is going to be a little bit different than than you guys where you grew up in a country where people can constantly tell you things are not possible. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting Canada is perfect by any means. We have a lot of issues. And we're a baby country. I mean, exactly. we, like we're just now learning what election <sighs> no. interference is from Russia. Ukraine's yeah. like, what don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> We've you, been you out You guys here. are like um, healthcare along with every other fucking country in the world. And yeah. you're like, uh, why don't you understand? And yeah. we're just like... Flags. Please no more Trump. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right now we just want to nap. Really, yeah, I would totally. like to have a, like a new. I would like to have a, a show where I actually have to go out and look for stories. They aren't just on my face, mm-hmm. right? Joelle wakes up some mornings and she just looks at me and goes, "Do you remember?" When it wasn't politics all day, every day, <laughs> I just want to not pay attention, but I can't not pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. And I think that mm-hmm. is what kind of draws people to Biden. Yeah, Sleepy absolutely. Joe. I, I get that. Sleepy oh. Joe might be a positive nickname for <laughs> oh, him. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know what? That's Maybe right. I'm that's... Sleepy Joe. You all want to take a nap from this bullshit train ride? Yeah, Fuck, dude. Vote for Sleepy Joe. Yeah, yeah right now, <laughs> we're all in a minivan, and the person at the wheel is just fucking it's reckless. That, it's that guy from Men in Black in the human suit. Yes, exactly. That's that guy. We want a sleepy Joe at the wheel, which sounds bad, but <laughs> <laughs> let's put on a lullaby and let us take a nap. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just have a whole country take a Xanax. Uh, on to Sanders. Sanders <laughs> mm-hmm. post Super Tuesday. So we touched on Warren. We touched on Biden. We touched on Sanders. I want to give equal time. Um, he's given two speeches. In both, he's touted his revolution and grassroots movement and has gone after Biden's track record as an establishment Democrat that had voted for the Iraq War and the bankruptcy bill and criminal justice reform, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also released a trio of ads today 
targeting Biden. Mm -hmm. Uh, First one on Social Security and then another one showing praise from President Obama and another one with a union guy. Mm -hmm. So the first one promoted audio of Biden's remarks from the Senate floor in 1995. At the time, the former Delaware lawmaker was advocating freezing federal spending for Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid during a debate over a balanced budget amendment. Not cutting it, just freezing it. Um, Another ad highlights uh, a union auto worker hailing Bernie's longtime opposition to trade deals such as NAFTA. The ad then flashes images of Biden and President Donald Trump saying, quote, the banksters that have been robbing us blind and stealing our pensions and destroying our communities. These are them. Mm -hmm. And then the third ad features Obama praising Sanders in what could be mistaken for an endorsement ad similar to the spots put out by Biden and Warren. They've all done this. Uh, the ad features a tape of Obama describing Sanders as, quote, somebody who has the virtue of saying exactly what he believes and applauding his work on the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee, where Obama says Sanders got bills done. Uh, I th- he says, I think people are ready for a call to action. Uh, Obama says, which draws on his old remarks, they want honest leadership who cares about them. They want somebody who's going to fight for them and they will find it in Bernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Biden- Obama said all those things. Yeah. Long time ago. Ooh. And he he was. He was pulling mm-hmm. for him to be the... Oh, yeah. I just mean that, that, you know, the intention is to make people's heads explode. And I think it will a little bit. Yeah. But then you also have to be like railing against the establishment and then putting him in your commercial. Because mm, I think Obama is probably the king of establishment. Um, so that, who is, if not him? Hillary? I will not say anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Biden campaign, he was, Obama was super moderate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Biden campaign. Yeah, no, I'm not, tra- I'm not trying to say he is exactly. More so just like, I, I think that he um, doesn't really care about the inconsistency necessarily of railing against the establishment and then putting Obama in. I think it's more so just him being like, hey, if this is your guy, this is what your guy said. And that's pretty much, I think, the only point of that ad. Rude. <laughs> um, the Biden campaign hit back. Saying it was disingenuous given Sanders' past questioning of Obama's progressive bona fides, progressive bona fides, uh, <laughs> and reported exploration of a 2012 Democratic primary challenge against the incumbent president. So that that was sort of like Biden's like, come on, man, mm-hmm. yes, which is what he always says. <laughs> uh, we have more news right after this break. I'm sorry this uh, show is running a little bit long, but we have a lot to talk about. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Laurel Springs. In today's modern world, sometimes students have, you know, weird schedules, lots of stuff that needs to get done, and they need alternatives to regular school hours. That's where Laurel Springs comes in. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Laurel Springs recognizes that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, and unique learning style. Their flexible learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses in an online format that allows students to optimize their routine so they have more time to focus on the things that they love and be with the family. So Laurel Springs is an accredited school. It's accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Uh, I think they're very accommodating. Their online structure and platform is really, really user-friendly. It's designed for students who wish to grow and excel academically and personally while maintaining a flexible schedule. Their personalized approach is competency-based and asynchronous, meaning students have the opportunity to progress through material at a pace that honors their individual skills. Boy, I would be really slow, probably. But they that's what that's what Laurel Springs is all about, is so that you have the flexibility. And this approach allows students to adapt to their schedules and coordinate with outside interests, which is really, really helpful for a lot of families. They're, they also offer rolling enrollment, which allows students to begin work at any time of the year. Uh, I think uh, Laurel Springs improves the academic experience of the modern student with this flexible approach and to find the best way to prepare them 
for success. So register your child at laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So earlier in the show, we were talking about what happens to delegates for people who mailed mm-hmm. in their ballots, for people who dropped out, et cetera, et cetera. And so for dropout candidates. Um, well, district level delegates pledged to former candidates like Klobuchar, Bloomberg, Buttigieg, et cetera, uh, go to the convention. They aren't legally required to vote for anyone in particular by the DNC. The DNC tells them to follow their conscience. They can go and change their votes to whomever they like. Most state-level pledge delegates have not been selected yet, so they will be re, uh, reallocated among remaining candidates once once they're selected. So if uh, Buttigieg won a, won a bunch of state delegates, state-level delegates in uh, California, for example, when those delegates are elected, because we elect our delegates in, mm-hmm. in, in California, I know I, I ran as one, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. once they're elected, they will be allocated to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's the one thing, though. I don't know. If you get to pick which one you're allocated to or if Mm -hmm. they do it based on the vote in the state. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And Trump is reacting to Super Tuesday's super chill. (laughs) He's eager for the election publicly, but privately, according to the Associated Press, he's very concerned. So a Trump operative told the Associated Press to get ready for the name Hunter Biden to become a focus again. It will become the Hillary's emails of 2020. And we know that with the Senate now ramping up the investigations into Burisma. um, But the problem here is that they hammered on Hunter Biden for three months during impeachment. So it's old news and no one seemed to care, as proven by the immense turnout for Super Tuesday for Biden. But today, Ron Johnson met with a group of Republicans on a panel because he was going to open, reopen the investigation, and he wants to issue some subpoenas. We covered that a couple days ago. So he discussed that, and Romney was like, hmm, nah, brah, this seems politically motivated to me. Romney. Mm-hmm. And, and, and <laughs> what do you mean politically motivated? No, 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 no. And Romney's <laughs> like, really? Why didn't you do this five years ago? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, Romney. Thank you. Um, and Trump will continue to hammer on that. And, and, and he's already calling Biden a socialist and they'll try to paint Bi- Biden as a, as gaff prone. And I do want to say this really quickly, because, as you know, Biden's not my I was a war. I voted for Warren. But we, we should stop making fun of his gaffes, at least his speech gaffes, because he's a lifelong stutterer. And, and often he has to replace words with other words on the fly to avoid stammering. And I see a lot of people mocking him for that. Like during his speech in Dallas, he was dragged for misquoting the Declaration of Independence when he actually just replaced a word last minute that would otherwise give him trouble. So mocking him for his speech or lack of eloquence is, I think, ableist. So consider that, please. But I don't know why he mixed up his sister for his wife. Can I mock him for calling a woman a lying dog-faced pony soldier? (laughs) When was that? Oh, a couple weeks ago. Did you see that, Jordan? Mm -mm. Oh, God. Yeah. A woman at a rally. He was, she was, he, she was like, have you ever been to a caucus? She was like, yeah. And he was like, you lying dog face pony soldier. Oh, that's a joke. He didn't really mean that. I mean, I, either way, it's still hilarious and weird. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he meant you crazy awesome lady. No. no yeah. yeah. No, no, that no. does sound more playful, but, or he's just you really bad at insulting people. Soldier. Yeah. I mean, well, his insults are going to have the words malarkey yeah. and shit yeah. like that. It what was, the fuck is a pony soul? Exactly. It was more shit. like, it was more like, I, <laughs> it was, it's, it's not necessarily, uh, <laughs> it's the weirdest burns. Li- me mocking him for this is literally saying it's the weirdest mm. response I've ever heard in my life. I can't tell if it's a compliment or an insult yeah. or what it is. It's fucking yeah, either awesome. way it is. It's one of those old flabbledy flea get off my lawn things. 
Yeah. It was like, what, hey, you lying dog face pony. Like my dad used to be like, exactly. he's dumb as six bicycles. Yeah. Or, you know. Exactly. Have you seen those? It's uh, one of those. Like yeah, Shakespearean exactly. insult sheets. Yeah. Or, yeah. They need one of those for Biden. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously. Sorry. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said that while you were talking about not being ableist. That's not really fair. No. I. I Good call, but yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, because I said I don't know why he confused his wife for his sister right yeah. after, and that was probably not fun, fair for me to say either. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to get that out there because there, if if you don't like him and you want to vote against him, there are mm-hmm. many other things you can bring up. Yeah. Um, anyhow, Trump seems publicly confident. He'll rail on Biden for these things, but according to sources, he's privately concerned hmm. about Biden's rise, mm-hmm. his Joe momentum. His strength among among African Americans, because Trump has mm-hmm. zero support among African American, well, three percent support among African American women with a three percent margin of error. What about the white people wearing the blacks for Trump shirts and blackface? That's do they count? Wait, <laughs> is the three percent just Candace Owens and her whole family? Uh, uh, and Diamond and Silk, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so he he it, not just the strength among African Americans for Biden, but the African Americans that didn't show up for Hillary. Mm-hmm. And that Biden could take some of the white working class votes in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Specifically. As he fucking should. He's an actual person that's worked on labor rights his whole goddamn life. That's his life. whole thing is, is, is fighting for workers' rights. Yeah, <laughs> Trump is just a freaking fraud. And then Trump is also concerned about whoever Biden's VP pick mm-hmm. is going to be. And I don't know who that's going to be. If it's Kamala, that would... I feel like that would be a done deal. Yep. You think? I think so. Mm. I think that's the smartest pick he can make. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps. And that would fire up a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Would a it lot bring people, any progressives along, do you think? I think that there's a argument to be made for people who have felt like the DNC has been really fucked up with their rule changes, for example, that allowed for Booker and Kamala to leave and then for Bloomberg to enter, only to then leave, still remain, <laughs> still leaving no people of color at all in the campaign trail. Um, but, yeah, I think that people could see that and say, okay, well... If Kamala is okay running with him, you know, then this is I restoring. I don't think it. I don't think that would motive. I don't think that would energize a progressive base. Having, I mean, I think Kamala would be a, a would be a good VP pick, but I don't think it would energize the progressive bases. All I heard pick. from Bernie supporters when Kamala was running is she's a fucking cop. Yeah, that's all I, mean, I that's heard. Not, that's not how I feel, but I know that there is a sentiment of her not being particularly progressive in certain ways. Yeah, well, just talking about you know no one existing with the with the same qualities across one base. I guess yeah. I'm specifically talking to people that that would appeal to. <laughs> yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, about, and, and, and what about and Warren? Th- Could Warren be, bring a, a along more progressives oh than, for sure than somebody else yeah jordan and i had a really great scenario mm-hmm. yeah here's what here we were talking about this the other we we finished recording the show we we're having a beer and i'm like man what if there's a contested convention mm-hmm. biden wins it's bernie and biden biden wins and then biden says you know what let's do this together and announces bernie as his vp God. and the whole place goes fucking wild and then they hug and then they're so old they just die in each other's <laughs> arms and then kamala <laughs> and and klobuchar and warren just take the stage and stick a flag in the in the pile and go we are the new champions yes <laughs> that would be the best i want the the ending of the notebook but with biden and bernie just laying on a bed together i'm a bird if you're a bird baby <laughs> Um, Just kidding. Sorry to joke about their deaths. <laughs> you know what I want? When they are I, actually kind of impending. They're a little, they're up there. No big. Um, you know what I want, actually? This is from a deflated um, progressive. I would love if people, because it's easy for me as someone with a very particular idea of how things should be to be depressed and sad about what happened last night. But what I would like is for people to tweet at me with the things they love about Joe Biden and the things that they love that he's done. 
because I think it would be it's important for me to educate myself on the on the important on 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 the good things he's done as opposed to just focusing on the things that I don't feel are progressive enough. So I would welcome that actually. I would love for people to tweet at me so that because here's the thing, it's it's a vote blue no matter whose situation. And so I need to learn more about the positive qualities about Biden in order to get people to vote for him. So I would love if people would tweet at us the things they love about Joe Biden. I never thought I would say that, but I, but I want to know. That's I'm, super amazing. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the same. Yeah. Um do that with Sanders. Yeah, please. You know, the things you love about um, your candidate. And I just, here's the thing. It's so easy for us to continue to fight with each other. But shit is bad. And I'm tired. (laughs) And everybody's got really good qualities. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Let's take a look at those. It's so easy for, uh, it's so easy for me to, to go, Biden's not as good on this thing as I want. And Biden's not as good on the issue as I want. And I'm disappointed with him for this because I have a very particular, everyone has their own perspective on how something should be or what we should do. But you know, motivate me, motivate other progressives, motivate Warren and Sanders people. What what's what is good about Joe? I would love to know. Yeah, I read a really on Valentine's Day. There was an op-ed in the New York Times about this teacher who told, tells this story to her class. Uh, she teaches, I think, eighth grade social studies, and she does this every year on Valentine's Day because mm-hmm. she starts. She opens with a story saying, "When I was in fourth grade, I got." the most I was totally humiliated on Valentine's Day and she says that immediately gets my students attention (laughs) they want to hear about how I was humiliated well it it was back in those days when we used to all have to write Valentine's to each other Mm -hmm. and you had to and then you put it in the little you put it in the little bag in front of their desk and she had the biggest crush on this one kid Jimmy something or other and and she was like looking through looking for what Jimmy wrote her because it's in there and and she pulls out the biggest Valentine with this picture of this giant heart, like out of window, and and like, and it's just the most beautiful Valentine. And and she turns it over, and at the bottom it says Jimmy. And she gets really excited until she reads the Valentine, and it says to the ugliest girl in the class. Oh my god! And she said that really had a huge impact on me. So what we're going to do today is we're all going to write Valentines for each other, and no matter whether you're friends or not, or you know them or not. Write something nice about every single mm-hmm. person in this class and put mm-hmm. it in their little bucket. Yeah. And so I think that this this just sort of reminds yeah. me of that exercise, but for grown-ups. That's really nice. Well, we're all in that tent together, like you said. We're all in that fart tent together. Yes. Fart, fart cave. cave. Maybe that guy just meant it like Joe Biden meant his comments to that, gr- to that girl that you just <laughs> It was just up. an old saying from the South. <laughs> well... <laughs> ugliest girl like, in class you know ah. hey, hey. I just I, I do you know it is important it's a bit to me. on the nose but <laughs> it's a, it, it, if you're gonna go for something like that don't be so literal I you know I just I feel like look I know I've been really like pony duster down <laughs> I've been down and I've, been, I've talked about how I'm disappointed in Joe Biden on climate and I've talked about how he made this comment to this woman and, and all these things and how he isn't progressive enough and I Look, it's there are so many Bernie people and so many progressives, not just Bernie people, Warren people too, who are so disappointed um, by the by the by the idea of a Joe Biden nomination, and so and and it's easy to like stay in that place. And I still have some hope that Bernie might possibly pull through. It's less now, but I I want to feel some hope about Joe Biden. I know that he can beat Trump, but I also want to I I want to go out of my way to learn some things about him as a person. So please do. Please tweet us. The thing that brings me solace is that if Biden is the nominee. For sure. Warren and Sanders in 2016 and in this election Mm -hmm. have made it, have, have pushed the party to open it to a larger group Mm -hmm. of people. And even if it's Biden, there will be pieces of Bernie and pieces of Warren Absolutely. in his platform. Mm-hmm. There have to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And so he's he's already added a, Medi- a Medicare for all option to mm-hmm. his plan, which he didn't have before. Yep. You know, he's going to have to look at how to how to uh, at least alleviate student debt, if not uh, you know, uh, cancel it. He's going to have to look at the minimum wage. He'll be pushed on climate, too. And he's going to have to come up with a very comprehensive climate plan. And he could he could put somebody in, you know, in, in charge of the EPA that that does specifically that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think you're right. I think that the, the progressive wing of the party has is, is it's forced more moderate people to take a more progressive stance in certain areas. So there will be pieces of, of, of progressiveness in, mm-hmm. in it already by mm-hmm. the nature of what uh, folks like Sanders and Warren have been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um all right, quick update on coronavirus. Jordan. Oh, yes, here we go. I was all cozy in the election coverage. <laughs> um, okay, so today, good news, House passed an emergency funding bill for, like you said, $8.3 billion to combat the coronavirus. The vote was 415 to 2, and I'm not sure why the two people voted no. I didn't. Probably Tom Cotton and Louis Gohmert. Mm, yeah. Too expensive. Yeah. Um. Alabama Republican Senator Richard Shelby said this should not be about politics. This is about doing our jobs to protect the American people from a potential pandemic. Isn't it already a pandemic? No, not yet. What is not officially? What is that? What is that? Okay. What does that mean? Uh, There are certain definitions that you have to meet for pandemic. Okay, cool. He continues. We work together to craft an aggressive and comprehensive response that provides the resources the experts say they need to combat the cri- this crisis. I thank my colleagues for their cooperation and appreciate President Trump's eagerness to sign this legislation and get the funding out the door without delay. Uh, the Senate Appropriations Committee says that 85% of the money is going to go to address coronavirus concerns domestically. And uh, so that insinuates obviously that there's going to be some international efforts uh 300 million dollars is going to go towards ensuring a vaccine's developed and as we know that's at least a year away it also is going to allocate 435 million dollars to support health systems overseas to prevent prepare and respond to the coronavirus plus an additional 300 million dollars to respond to humanitarian needs and i think this last part is extra cool it also provides an estimated seven billion dollars in low interest loans to affect uh to affected small businesses seven billion or seven yes that's a lot isn't it the whole thing is 8.3 yeah that's why i'm confused maybe it's some maybe it's something like low interest loans to like seven billion dollars total in loans that the the cost only comes from yeah the cost only comes from loans defaults yes because yeah i copy and pasted that stat so they say anything about the did they say anything about the uh vaccine being free i mean i know that that was the republican sticking point yes i believe that it was agreed upon that it's going to remain affordable to everybody that someone's uh, yeah essentially the cost of it should not affect who it gets to okay cool so the cost of it the cost of the vaccine is going to be subsumed in this bill in this appropriation and not passed on to the american people at least that would be my hope i think that is the promise that currently stands in it now, but I know that that was something that was being argued about, and I think that Democrats won on that. Excellent. Um, also, House Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi said to protect public health, the bill will allow Medicare providers to extend telemedicine services to seniors, regardless of where they live, at an estimated cost of $500 million. That's brilliant, because generally mm-hmm. you are restricted to certain areas because of the law, the Medicare law, which is stupid. It's telehealth. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be restricted. And it's wonderful yeah, because... What? 
What is the point of the internet then? <laughs> if you have the coronavirus, telehealth is the optimal because you don't want to walk into anywhere where people are. Absolutely. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think this bill seems pretty cool. There's a there's a lot of forward thinking elements in it. I think. Yes, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Scientists must have been involved. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope uh, so. And there was a Pence task force briefing today who said again that the risk to the American public contracting the risk of the American public contracting the coronavirus is low lies wow uh but it's still a good idea he says to engage in common sense practices then he gave a brief tutorial let me allow me to give you a brief tutorial he was like a flight did they bring a sink out on the stage (laughs) showing you how to use a (laughs) seatbelt. uh he says stay home avoid close contact don't touch your face cover your cough clean and disinfect wash your hands and let me say again no need to buy masks and go to cdc.gov for everything I just told you, in case you're too stupid to retain that. Um, you know what's not available on cdc.gov? The testing data. Because I think they're lying of trying to minimize the seriousness. Yeah. I have beans on our fatality rate being like 10%, because this administration doesn't want us God. to know how many people have it. Not that it will actually be 10%, yeah. mm-hmm. but because the denominator is so fucked up. Speaking of that, someone else passed away in California. We had our first... Yeah, mm-hmm. death in California, yep. mm-hmm. and I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say this could cause panic because it's not deadly for healthy people. It, but it is deadly for seemingly the elderly and the immunocompromised. But either way, we cannot trust anything Pence says. And today, Trump blamed Obama. Saying, surprise! 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 Saying the Obama administration made a decision on testing that turned out to be detrimental, but we undid it, and now testing can go forward. He was fact-checked on that. Obama never made a single change to any rules regarding testing. When asked about it, the White House didn't respond. I bet he tries to get a czar at the CDC to use a Sharpie to change the Obama-era rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to get somebody to go out publicly like he did with Noah and the hurricane and say, Oh, no, I've got it right here. Obama changed the rules. And it's going to be a totally fabricated lie. Mm-hmm. So put some beans on that. Uh, We'll be right back with good news and some amazing schadenfreude where we get to revel in the sadness of Jeff Sessions, Roy Moore, and George Papadopoulos. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Everyone can use a helping hand from time to time. Getting help when you need it is the smartest thing you can do. I've had my own share of struggles with PTSD as a veteran, and I have sought help myself, and I recommend trying BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is a professional uh, licensed counselor done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counseling network which is available worldwide they deal with anxiety family issues ptsd lgbtq plus issues uh, and they may not be low some of those things might not be uh, locally available in in many areas and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor from anywhere you'll get a timely and thoughtful response plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy they are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if it's needed and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Um, visit betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're going to kick it off with schadenfreude because I've been, I've been dying to hear this. Schadenfreude! All right, so Trump's former attorney general, the racist possum, Jeff Sessions, is running for Senate, and he failed to outright, like, outright win last night. 
uh, because it's like a, a primary and you have to mm-hmm. win more than 50% of the vote. He failed. And Trump this morning tweeted, this is what happens to someone who loyally gets appointed attorney general of the United States and then doesn't have the wisdom or courage to stare down and end the phony Russia witch hunt. He recuses himself on first day in office and the Mueller scam begins. Um, the race is pretty close. Sessions is running against a former Auburn coach that has been critical of Trump too, but Trump is going after Beauregard. Hmm. Also, Roy Moore only pulled 7% of the vote, so oh, he's out. Oh, God. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Go away. <laughs> Get on your horse and fuck oh my off. God. Right off into the sunset. Get on your what? Something faced pony? <laughs> lying dog faced pony soldier. <laughs> Get on your lying dog faced pony soldier. You gotta watch right the video. It's really something. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's gotta be one of those. You know, like Woody Harrelson on Saturday Night Live. Totally. clickety clack. I it's, went to the flabbly flea. I'm know? sure he had a reason. However, <laughs> it just I came just, off like that's absurd. so great. <laughs> just, you know, I got to. I, <laughs> I want him to sniff my hair just for that. God. Uh, and in case you didn't know, George Papadopoulos, former Trump cafefe boy that pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI and spent a Scaramucci in prison, <laughs> ran for Katie Hill's seat in California. Uh, so was uh, Chank Uger. The sexist Young Turks guy, he was also running for that seat. Democrat Christy Smith came in first with 29.7. Republican Mike Garcia came in second with 26.3. Mm. Uh, Chenk beat Papadop. Chenk got 4.6. And Coffee Boy came in ninth place. Oh, my God. What a loser. <laughs> with 2% of the vote. Oh, my God. You fr- fucking loser. <laughs> Our friend Ellie Honig. Ellie Honig said, well, given that he's a convicted felon, he probably couldn't vote for himself. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my god. Holy Isn't that shit. Amazing. Nine, oh, yeah, how is this I didn't know convicted felons 11. could run for office. Oh yeah. Wow. Yes, they sure can. They just oh, can't yeah. vote. I guess there wasn't there that one guy that like did a lot of cocaine. I guess that's probably half the politicians. And then there was Duncan <laughs> and there was Duncan Hunter. He dropped oh, out eventually. God. But yeah, yeah half you the politicians have the comedians. Yeah. Amar, by the way, had a really good showing. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. What Amar happened? Amar Kampanajar. Yeah. He just he just like did super well. So he's gonna be on the ballot in November? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Pretty sure. Yeah. Let's check that out because he's a friend. Yeah. yeah. I haven't even had a chance to look at San Diego stuff that like all the measures I voted for. I think 13 all the went measure, down. I think like most of them went all down. All of them went down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which is I was I was voting for a lot of those. Mm. And then um I wanted to see if your friend won. Johan, I haven't checked up to see yet. I have yeah, yeah I will. I haven't looked up either. We'll get on that. You want let's some good see. news? Yeah, let's hear Democrat some good news. Com- oh. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Democrat Kampanajar advances to runoff in race to fill Hunter's vacant California seat. Hell yeah. Sweet. Hell yeah. yeah. Is it him and Daryl Issa probably? Fuck that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ugh. He came here from another district just to fucking put his- Piece of crap. What a weenie. butt on our El Cajon flagpole. This specific, this specific like, seat has been so plagued yeah. by shitty, shitty people. Well, Duncan Hunter and then Duncan Hunter's dad. All criminals all the way back. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. You, I guess maybe maybe it's a requirement. <laughs> It's a family business. <laughs> All right, babies, you want some good news? Yes, yes. yes. Well, we'll blow on good news is on the way. Alrighty, so very quickly, we have um, some good news from listeners. Let's end the show on a high note here. I asked, hey, what was your 
good news based on your Super Tuesday experience yesterday. What was a positive voting experience for you since, you know, people have various feelings around this? So from Lexi, she said, I'm from Oregon, so my primary isn't until the end of May, but I went to Texas to knock on doors for Liz Warren. In four days, I knocked on over 400 doors and walked 46 miles. 46 miles? Fuck yeah. Our listeners are- That is literally two marathons. I know. It's fucking crazy. Our listeners are amazing. That's so cool. While it didn't go my way, I'm glad that I tried. I plan on doing the same for the general in swing states. Feels good, right? mm -hmm. From Valor Knight, my aunt is a poll worker in Ventura County where they use Dominion voting machines for the first time. Not a single person used a machine. Every single voter used a hand-marked paper ballot. Cool. Fuck your machines. I know, right? (laughs) From Tara, people showed up. They stood in line for hours to vote in a primary. I'm feeling very hopeful about our chances in November. Yay. Um, from the user Life at 40 miles per hour, no, no name, uh, they say, I have not been so excited about a primary since 2008, and it delivered. I'm in Texas, and I knew that we could get it for Biden if everyone stopped trying to bury him, and I'm so happy to be right. Texas could actually turn blue again. Mm, exciting um, mm-hmm. exciting times for texas they are really on the up and up fuck yeah biden picked beta was a running man um I yeah mm, i think you should pick a woman but yeah. anyway yeah uh, oh I, yeah don't get me wrong yeah, just, just what if yeah yeah what if right because he's got be the powerful. rust belt he's got the south yeah and the mm-hmm. latino vote mm-hmm. from ash found out today that my formerly republican leaning mother is a bernie enthusiast dogs Yay. and cats living together mass hysteria <laughs> i know what that's from do you know what that's from no ghostbusters oh, okay uh, from Pam, people stopped me at work to ask questions about measures on the ballot and our local issues. I saw more genuine interest in this this time. Yeah, I did too. I had uh-huh. some friends hit me up oh, yeah. and, and I, luckily because of other friends mm-hmm. like you, yeah. you had a friend give you the progressive yeah. slate, right? I asked Hell my yeah. progressive friend yeah. for the progressive a slate. a nice web of people caring and wanting to make the right call on something that's typically not taken as seriously. Yeah. And the, from Nanya, it's awesome that a lot of states are getting rid of the caucus. Minnesota and Maine got rid of it and look at the turnout. Next week, Washington and Idaho are having a primary instead of a caucus for the first time. So it's good that we are encouraging voter participation. And yes. uh, one more thing I wanted to point out, because I don't think we got into the actual numbers here. This is not uh, from a listener. This is just a story that I found. Um, we have set up like all time records in terms of turnout for Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia had a 70 percent increase over 2016, which is insane. Um and North Carolina was up 17%. Texas was up 45%. So Ooh. there's tons of states where, where voter turnout is just fucking crazy. And that's really hopeful and really amazing. Mm-hmm. I am really dying to see what happens in Florida. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's good, right? Yes. We yes. love that. All very good news. Yes. And um, that is our show. And for my final thought, I wanted to mention something. I, I was talking with Jordan yesterday about how easy it is for us to just walk in and vote. And it didn't occur to me it's because of privilege and where I live. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a wealthy area. And then I started to see all of the people standing in line. One guy stood in line for seven hours Mm -hmm. to cast his vote. Uh, and these are all, of course, in districts where their Republicans are trying to disenfranchise voters of color. Mm -hmm. And I, I, want to thank everyone who reminded me mm-hmm. of that when I was like, but well, we just walk right in. I don't understand what the problem is in LA. We had a lot of problems and, mm-hmm. and it's all, I mean, you can, you can definitely sense a pattern and I want to, I would just want to acknowledge that like, mm-hmm. yeah, I live in a white wealthy area and mm-hmm. we, I literally had no one in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so I just, you know, I wanted to say that, mm-hmm. um, that just to see these, these folks, these mm-hmm. heroes standing in line, for hours and hours to cast their ballot um mm-hmm. that is they're they are what i who i think of when people say well i'm just not going to vote this time yeah. you know what like also here's the thing 
it's for these people who live in, especially a lot of, like you said, a lot of the long, long lines are in areas where people of color live. And obviously we've seen the horrible racism directed towards the black folks in this country. Um, but for the Latino folks in this country, I mean, you're waiting in line for seven hours and in the back of your mind, you're thinking they're fucking kids in cages. I'm staying yeah. in line. Yeah. I'm fucking staying in line. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm so grateful. And for me, not to make this about me, but I'm an immigrant. And so my rights in this country are paper thin. And so I'm, I'm grateful for everyone who showed up to vote too. You know, I, I have total white privilege, but, um, but I, but, but I you can't vote, but I can't vote. Yeah. So I'm grateful for everyone who did. And it it gives you a it really gives you a sense of the privilege that it must take for someone to say that they're sitting the election out because I've, their candidate didn't pass a purity mm-hmm. test, especially if you can't vote mm-hmm. or if you could and wanted to but are are disenfranchised. Absolutely, I I did have some people yesterday who were saying, "Well, if Biden's the nominee or Bloomberg's the nominee, I'm just not going to vote." And I'm like, I get that. I'm a Bernie person too, but that's privilege. You got to show up. You have to show up for the people who are less privileged than you. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you are a white person of means, who's, who's pissed off that things are not going your way, you know, or even if you are, if you, if you are, if you are a person of any means of any color, who's pissed off that it's not going your way, please still vote mm-hmm. because it's, it's important for those of us who can't. And 18 to 29. Don't make me come up there. God, what I, I am so pissed. I, if- I told you last year, if you don't fucking show up, mm-hmm. Because you're like, we're going to show up. We're going to kick your ass. I'm like, God. great, bring it. I know. Fuck. And they didn't bring it. What do we need to do, Jordan, to get our generation to fucking show up? I don't know. I mean, primaries. I know I wasn't engaged in primary voting when I first mm-hmm. turned 18. Yeah. That wasn't really something. I don't even think I quite understood the process a lot. Like, I didn't. I never caucused. Um, actually, the caucuses would have happened. I wasn't able to participate in the caucuses. That was why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's hard to imagine if, because we're all activists. And I don't know if we have any 18 to 29 year old listening, but if we do, they probably voted. So. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did as well. Yeah. I know my sister voted. That was exciting for her. She's 18 years old. Maybe next year I'll just stand on the street. She voted. Flashing my titties or something. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like Mardi Gras, except you throw a vote. Yeah, exactly. Vote. I'll show you my boob. Just yeah, one boob. I, Just I will one. vote I will, for the measures and propositions. I'll show you both titties. <laughs> I will say though, I don't think that it's a coincidence that the the older age demographics get the more they turn out to vote. I think part of that can be younger age groups are you know maybe in school working a bunch of different jobs, uh, raising a young family, mm-hmm. oftentimes on their own. I think that the resources for younger people oftentimes is, are, are less. Absolutely. Absolutely. But 12%. You can do better than that. Yeah, I would It should be a holiday. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to hear people. And you're right. Young people have, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but young people tend to have jobs where you don't get paid time off. Mm -hmm. You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't ask for. Mm -hmm. No. Like when I was working at Denny's coming up through college and I was like, hey, I'm going to stay off. Yeah. They'd be like, uh, and then you don't have a job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you're like, um, I have to vote. They're like, okay, that's adorable. And, and then, then they're I'll like, get someone else. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'd be curious to know if there's anybody that like actively chose. I can't imagine anyone actively chooses to not vote. Not you know? in a primary. Right. They're, all your candidates are there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but there are some people who are like, votes don't count. Voting doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're making the cost benefit analysis of like the time and energy and, you know, everything that it takes to vote and you're just thinking, I'm just, I just, whatever, as long as it's a Democrat, 
maybe a lot of them are just like, I'm just going to vote down ballot D in the general and I don't really need to. It doesn't really matter to me that much to show up to the primary. That could be a thing, too. True. I don't know. True. Got to work on it. Clinton did this whole rock the vote thing in 1992. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, punk rock, play the sax. <laughs> I think if Joe Biden <laughs> picks someone progressive, he's going to get a higher. Because here's if he's already moderate and he's going to get all of those moderate people to go behind him. But I think if he picks someone more progressive, it could really unite the Democrats. I definitely believe he needs to pick a woman, mm-hmm. uh, even better, a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, and I, but I'm trying to think of a progressive, like Ayanna yeah. Presley. Yeah, maybe. but I think she was a Warren supporter. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. And I and I wonder what Biden is offering Warren to get out of the race because mm-hmm. you know that's happening. Mm-hmm. I'll put you in charge of the Consumer Protection Bureau. I'll put you in charge of the labor. I'll give you labor secretary. I'll give you you know something that she would be stellar at. Totally. Yeah. But I wonder what he's promising her mm. because I those meetings are happening. Not saying that mm-hmm. no one's a bad person. Mm-hmm. For for having Biden calling him up and offering him something. No, of course not. No, <laughs> you know. So it, she'd be powerful in a position like that. That being said, I I I I don't know. I I didn't think this before, but I hang on to a shred of hope she'll endorse Bernie, which could which could shake it up a little. Yeah, we'll definitely. see. Anyway, feelings. I don't agree, but you know. Yeah. We'll yeah. See, I, we'll, we will see what happens. There's yeah. chatter that she's going to do either. There's chatter that she won't. That yeah. It's who the fuck knows. Mm-hmm. She I'm, knows. I'm trying not to completely give up. It's too depressing. <laughs> There's no reason to completely give up. No, I'm no. Saying... Like I said, there are there. Bernie lives on in, in the new leftist policies mm-hmm. that ha- that are now in the center. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if and that and I'm just saying that if he doesn't get the nomination, mm-hmm. it's so early we don't even know. Obama crashed for a while yeah, and didn't come back until later. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. So. Totally. Chins up, everyone, and be nice because you might have to vote for that person later. Yeah, let's all hold hands. Or you might have to ask Kumbaya. that person to vote for your person later. Yep. yep. Uh, that's it. Everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Mental health is a big one this week. Uh, I've been AG. I'm Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>